0: Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today.
1: Good morning and welcome to Women Lead Radio brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Lisa McNilly. My pronouns are she and her. I'm your host for Spotlight on Recruiting, and I've been getting more and more questions lately from clients, um, I guess because spring has sprung, about college recruiting, and where and when to start, what you should be doing, and how they can stand out. So I'm very excited to have an expert with us to answer all of these questions. This expert with us today is our leading lady, Andrea Wolf. Andrea, hello, and
2: welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited for our conversation today.
1: Well, it is so great to have you here. I have to tell everybody how awesome you are. So Andrea is a college relations recruiter. She has been doing college recruiting for over 20 years um, with an emphasis on school relationships, event activities for college recruiting programs, diversity recruiting, and branding awareness for Fortune 500 organizations within the financial services and agricultural industries. Um, and she uh, Andrea and I have had the chance to work together in past organizations, and I can tell you from just personal experience that she's amazing and awesome. And I'm just excited to have you here. So um, we're just going to dive right in. So Andrea, first thing people are asking is like, hey, you know, what is important to college students? What do they want? What do they want to see? So from your experience, um, what are co- college students telling you that they are interested in, or? Um, what is um, helping you be able to recruit them in?
2: Mm -hmm. Sure. I mean, first and most, you know, they're looking for an opportunity in a company where they can build their career. You know, work may be long-term to have uh, uh, a great career to kick off and be there for a few years, but also how can we make an impact with that company? So things that I have been seeing are students are looking to see what is the company culture you know, how are these companies making some social impact they're doing in their community? Uh, so those are some of the great things that I've seen that employers that are doing it really well are pulling in that, you know, some good hires that are, you know, wanting to make a difference with them. Um, but also really looking at what's the future growth of the company. You know, as they are thinking of building their career, you know, they want to be somewhere where they can be long-term um, and have a great career with that company.
1: Yeah, I know. I think that um, it's, I mean, you know, and we're seeing it more and more, and I think that a lot of times people think automatically it's money. That's what they want. They want yeah. compensation. Um, but, you know, from what I'm even, what I've read and what I've heard and what I see it's hey, it really comes down to they want professional development. Um, mm-hmm. They're really about, like, that mentorship, um, learning, um, and like you said, you know, job stability. Um, and that sense of community and that social impact. And um, and I think, you know, and that's just not, I think, for students in general. I think that's for a lot of recruitment. Um, but for the, you know, obviously professional development um, and the stability, um, two of the top things I, I think right. that they're actually looking for. Um, so when you're um, – Tell me, so for your best practices, so when you're going on um, either, I guess, whether it's both on or off campuses, what are the mm-hmm. best practices you're using to connect with those college students?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for surely, there's a lot of avenues, different ways that you can connect with students, you know, when you're recruiting on campus. Um, some of the good ways to be able to connect with students is, you know, for sure your former interns, you know, your former interns are your best advertisement on campus. So for them to go out, talk about what they had done over the past last summer, talk about their projects, get people really excited about wanting to come work for you for the next summer. Another avenue for best practices to be able to get in front of those students is through the career services. You know, that's their role to help bridge that relationship between employers as well as students to get and make those connections to find what's the best fit for an internship. Um, Also looking at, you know, professors. You know, professors are there year in year out and have that front-line visibility to the students. So any connections that we can get in front of those professors to advertise about our company, about our opportunities, really resonates well with those students. So when it comes to best practices, it's really just getting communication and updates. You know, students love to hear from companies of what, who is working at their company and what they have to offer. So any communication through, you know, um, well, hopefully someday we'll get back to in person, but now we're virtually right now. So maybe through email campaigns, text campaigns, just really advertising who you are and why they should be coming in the work for you for the summer or full time someday.
1: Yeah, no, um, and I I I think those are really great. And I think one of the key things that you had said is like, hey, you know, it's um, making those connections and building that relationship. Um, I know that, you know, from one of um, my clients, you know, one of, the, one of their, and they're a smaller organization, and we're going to talk a little bit later in the show about, you know,
0: if you're a smaller
1: organization, what are some of the things that you can do, but right. as far as like building that relationship, one of the things that they did, and this was through one of their interns, um, is they were part of a, a co-ed professional fraternity. And through the internship, they actually um, became a sponsor of this fraternity, and I think it was like $1,000. And what they did was they would go um, and present professional development topics um, to this um, fraternity, this co-ed fraternity, Um, and um, they ended up becoming their primary source for marketing interns. Um, Mm -hmm. And and again, now they're a small organization, and so I think, um, you know, it's, you know, they can build, they're going to build to, you know, different areas and organizations to try and increase that diversity. But right. you know, the, as far as the cost, it was $1,000 and their time. And it's one of their best ways that they've recruited because what happens is they've hired an intern from that. Um, and then when that intern actually made an offer, that intern rotated off and helped them backfill that next internship, Um, but it's Mm -hmm. because they had developed that relationship with those students. Um, Right. So I think it's, you know, truly important, like you said. Um, So, you know, um, what, I guess, is there something that um, when they're doing this, like for this example, um, you know, they they went in to present, like, professional development topics, Um, what are some of the things that you're seeing as far as, you know, when you're developing, like, what you're going to talk to the students about? Um, you know, what is the best thing um, to anticipate, like those questions the students will be asking, um, what type of things are you developing that you think will be of interest to them,
0: to right. your students,
1: yeah. or I guess the students you're you know, speaking with.
2: Right, and you made that such a great point. You don't necessarily always have to go to the student clubs and always have to do an informal session about your company and talk about who you are. But really you can do presentations that help make an impact to those students to prep them, to go to, uh, you know, interviews, how to show up at a career fair, how to prep your resume. So there's a lot of other opportunities to present at some of these student clubs that are great branding opportunities um, but can help students learn the process uh, as well as learn about your company. So some of the things you can kind of think about or anticipate when it comes to questions. um, you know, if you're in, you out, how do I prep my resume? You know, do I need to put my LinkedIn address or LinkedIn um, email address on? Do I need to put my telephone number? What address should I use, my permanent register or school address? You know, some of those common things students make as a recruiter may be kind of common sense, but as a student who's never gone through the experience, you know, that still may be kind of a foreign concept. So really kind of take it to a basic level um, when you're thinking about questions or information you can share to the student because they find it so valuable. Um, And then also hopefully through this past recruiting season during virtual, you know, kind of share some of our tips that we have learned about, you know, about, you know, logging into events or interviews a few minutes early to avoid any technology issues or, you know, who would be your key contact at that employer or school if there's technology issues that you can call um, always following up with emails about thank yous or follow-ups to set up some virtual coffee chats after a session. You know, those are always good things to call out, you know, when you're talking and presenting at some of those clubs.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really great point and really helpful. And I think because a lot of times, I think when you're thinking of your college or creating, um, it's, you know, what are we, we going to share with them and what are we going to tell? And I think right. also is, You know, you talked about kind of the Career um, Services Center, and for organizations, if you don't know, you know, how to get in touch with, you know, these student groups or student associations, those career Mm -hmm. services, that's where you need to be making that relationship because they can point you in the right direction and get you in contact with those groups.
2: Yeah, because every year those groups change over presidents or new leadership within those student clubs. So Career Services will be able to always get you that accurate context with those connections.
1: Awesome. Uh, so I guess, you know, um, Andrea, so when really should an employer begin their
2: college recruiting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the million-dollar question is when do you begin? So when you think about college recruiting, it's just a really a seasonal cycle, right? So in the summer – before fall hits, start thinking, like, what is the roadmap that you want to start doing for the recruiting for the next uh, intern class? You know, start thinking about who are your key players, who are going to be your interviewers, who are going to be some of those connection people to really help sell the opportunity and close the deal. So I would say during the summer, to start brainstorming a strategy plan so then when fall kind of hits uh, right around September, uh, you can really hit the ground running. Um, so I would say when the plan comes for like fall, most of undergrads, when it comes to internship as well as full time, you know everything's going to really be happening in that September, October, November time frame. That's when most of the employers are going to go out to campus and start interviewing, going to career fairs and really identifying that talent to hire for the next summer. So when you think about the MBAs, now that's a little bit different. MBAs uh, they will still do full-time recruiting in the fall, but their intern recruiting will actually happen in January. So they're a little bit different than the undergrad. So definitely just when you're building up that strategy, just make sure you have a plan for that MBA route as well as the undergrad. Good.
1: Good. Um,
2: yeah, it's funny because I know
1: that, um, again, one of the, the clients that I have worked with, they actually would start their MBA. They would go out in February to Wisconsin from San Diego, and one of their swag that they would provide um, to these, um, you know, potential uh, MBA, um, I guess, student interns or um, is an ice scraper uh, with their oh, sure. branded logo on it so that every day they would go use their ice scraper and think of this company in San Diego that they could be working at. Um, right. And, uh, and they, you know, they'd go in the coldest months. Um, to make sure that, you know, they could, they could leverage that nice weather.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good trinket to hand out in February in Wisconsin.
1: <laughs> right, right. So, um, okay, so let's um, – we're going to go ahead and just um, take a moment. We have, we're going to take a quick sponsor break, so don't go away. Um, when we come back, we're going to be discussing how you can stand out on campus
0: as an employer of choice. Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, National University. National University is proud to be San Diego's largest private nonprofit university founded in 1971. The National University mission is to provide accessible, achievable higher education to adult learners. And today, National University educates students from across the U.S. and around the globe with over 170,000 alumni worldwide. Thank you for your support, National University, and to all of our sponsors and partners. And now, Lisa, back to your show.
1: Thank you. So, uh, Andrea, how can an organization stand out on campus as an employer of choice?
2: Mm -hmm. Sure, I mean, for some of these campuses, the competition's pretty high. You know, you have a lot of employers seeking that same person that you want to bring into your organization. Some of the things that I have found out is consistency and communication. You know, really that can kind of have you stand out against your competition if you are always being in front of the students through communication. Um, So, you know, once you're interviewing, you know, make sure they're talking to students and you're setting a timeline. You know, this is when I'm going to, you know, let the students know when you're going to follow up with an offer. Let the students know when they need to. confirm their offer decision, just really lay out a timeline and make sure you stick to those dates because there's nothing worse than uh, communicating a date and then you don't, you know, abide by it. Uh, So those are some of the things I would for surely say is consistency. Um, And then, you know, once you do get uh, a candidate who accepts your offer, for surely just don't stop the communication. You know, that's kind of the worst thing, you know, when you recruit in the fall and they don't hear their student doesn't hear from the employer until they start in the summer. Make sure you continue that communication throughout winter and spring because uh, the students are super excited. They want to come and share company and they want to hear from you. So sharing company updates is a great thing. Once you get intern projects or full-time assignment rotations confirmed, let them know what are they going to be working on and who are their managers. Um, those are really good things that I feel like can help stand out from other companies that may not necessarily um, kind of miss miss that point of communication and really can help you.
1: Yeah, I think that's um, it's so important, especially, I think, for the, you know, well, any generation, communication is always important. But I think, you know, for your students, um, you know, the difference is, is they have so many different opportunities. I mean, think back to right. those days and you know, when we were able to have, you know, career fairs and you'd have these halls and halls of, you know, um, employers with, you know, all of their information. And it it can be, um, you know, there's a lot of competition. And I think right. that your communication is the number one, uh, because I think in just in the world that we live in, um, we have instant gratification with, you know, 24-hour news feeds and, you mm-hmm. know, uh, information just at our fingertips at all times. And And I think, you know, I had read that um, you know, a student, they expect once they've made first contact with you uh, that they would hear back within no less than a week. Uh, right. And, um, and probably I would say, I would almost say it probably needs to be quicker than that, um, but at least within the week. And, and then to your point that you'd already said is, like, you know, if you're making those offers in September, October, you know, to those students, um, you need to be able to make sure that they show, show up in the summer. Uh, so, right. keeping that communication open, so I think that's that's really great um, so you know um for the smaller organizations uh, they have limited budgets and bandwidth, and we had kind of talked about a story you know of what one of the clients that i I've worked with has done but you know where where can the smaller companies where can they what can they do to get started?
2: Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. You know, obviously, if you have a smaller team, you know, there's only so much you can do uh, to be able to be competitive with some of these larger employers. So you really, when you're thinking about that strategy, when you're thinking about what, what you want to accomplish and what kind of candidate do you want to bring into your organization, once you have those key things identified, really looking at the schools that make the most sense. Um, I kind of think about creating a tier school approach. You know, what are some of these core schools, being a smaller employer, a smaller team, what are some of the core schools that you can really dive deep into relationships, get to know who the career services is, get to know some of the professors, and really kind of have that long-term relationship with some of those student clubs, you know, sponsored events, Um, and really having uh, really a core small amount of them so you can have those deeper relationships. So those that really helps you draw in kind of that consistent talent that, that is what is successful in your company um, and can really help you. Um, and then obviously having some of those former interns, you know, being a smaller company, you know, if you can get those former interns, you know, to really be your bulletin boards on campus, they can really do a lot of the groundwork for you that can really help bring in that talent to the next a next intern class.
1: Yeah, and I think using um, you know, and even if you don't even already have an intern, um, you know, just asking your organization um, who has relationships uh, with you know, and it and it doesn't even necessarily need to be like a college or university. It could be a tech or a trade school. You know, I know right. that um, some you know employers are actually going into high school. Um, dependent on, you know, what the roles and positions that they have are. And, you know, so it may not even be an intern, but just someone else within your organization. Um, I know that we had, um, I do know an organization that they had actually partnered um, from one of their employees um, from their, they were an alum um, of a, a school and from a design class, so a graphic design class. And the employees went to their former professor and said hey you know we have um this project that we want to you know build out new brand efforts and what they ended up doing is working with um this professor and the students to take on this project and it was really good i guess from the Students' perspective because they get a hands-on practical application of the things that they're learning, but then also right. gives you know the student bullet points and a story, um, you know, of actual experience. And then from the employer side, you know, they get great output from the students' perspectives. Um, right. And so I think it's you know sometimes it just seems like it's got to be this such a grand thing, and sometimes it doesn't, especially if you're small. Start small and you can always get bigger, right? Absolutely. Um, So, yeah, so we kind of touched on this a little bit, but I want to dive a little bit deeper. Um, So, you know, I think one of the struggles is you bring on an intern um, and they finish their, you know, their internship, and you really want them to become a full-time employee. Um, What, can, I, what can an employer do to make sure that whether that is an undergrad or an MBA actually comes back for full-time employment?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And the strategy works both ways for undergrad and the MBA. So one of the things that we have done in the past is, you know, we'll extend full-time offers on the last day of the intern, in, internship day. You know, so when they leave our organization at the end of the summer, they walk away with an offer. So you kind of create that wow factor, like, wow, they really want me on my team to be able to move that fast on offers. So if, that's, if, that, if a company can do that, that's awesome. And then once, again, once that offer is out, you still have to continue that communication. Um, one of the things that we're doing here in our organization is kind of creating a, an email drip campaign so we will look at what certain months do we need to send out an email about maybe there was a company announcement or maybe something our CEO had done for us, um, a news outlet um, broadcast. So making sure that they're aware of what we're doing as a company to be able to stay on top of their mind. Because we all know when they go back to school, they're going to be interviewing for other companies. You know, they're going to be looking and interviewing for other um, opportunities that could be a potential better or an, uh, a match But how can we make sure that we stay in front so that we can get them back on board? The other thing I want to point out is want to remind companies, as you're interviewing for interns that past recruiting season, you extended an offer to them, but they decided to go somewhere else for the internship. If you feel as though that they are strong, that's the talent you want in your organization, don't stop blinding and dying that student just because they went to another company. But to put them on, you know, I kind of like a watch list, you know, of students that I want to continue to maintain those relationships as they intern at other companies and stay in touch with them. So maybe, you know, in May and June when they start their internship at another company, be like, hey, have a great summer at XYZ Company. I'm here for you if you want to reconnect and talk about opportunities for full time at my company and let's reconnect in August. And then maybe in August, again, do another email or a shout-out to try to make that connection And then get them, um, if they're interested, get them back on your interview schedule for full time. So, you know, I definitely want employers to know just because someone declines you for an internship does not mean they don't want to come back for full time. And that's another great avenue uh, to bring some more candidates into your pipeline.
1: Yeah, I think, and, and, and again, and that's just another point of why you need to make sure that, you're having that constant communication because, right? Uh, like you had said, you may have had interns that came to you The other companies are still <laughs> still trying exactly. to line and <laughs> right? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so, you know, what? So, Andrew, what is the future of college recruiting? What do you see um, happening um, as far as? Cause I know this last year, you know, everything had to go to a virtual type platform. Um, but right. what do you see for the, the coming years?
2: Yeah, you know, I must say of all my years of recruiting, I've never experienced a recruiting season like last year. And honestly, you know, we've always talked about how can we change up college recruiting and kind of look at different venues and events, but we never We're forced to, like when the pandemic came through, we had to adjust our model and look at how we recruit virtually. And honestly, I gotta say, there were so many positive outcomes that came out of virtual recruiting that we will for surely continue to do going forward. So when you think about the future of virtual recruiting, definitely I think there's gonna be a hybrid. There are gonna be some schools that will return to in-person, you know, as of, you know, as COVID gets um, more manageable, as the vaccines roll out, you know, we'll be getting back to in-person, but there were so many other positive outcomes of a virtual. You think about no travel, no cost for hotels, no cost for traveling, so there were benefits that we want to continue to do. The other benefits of virtual recruiting, I was able to get more senior VP executive level, um at my virtual info sessions that I've ever had to do in the past. And that's really the audience the students want to hear from. They get excited to see a VP or a C C-suite um, executive hop on a virtual um, info session. And then also when you think about some of my virtual inf- and virtual info sessions, I'll like give you an example in my past when we would do some virtual info sessions, I may have 30, 35 students, you know, jump on board uh, to some of my calls this year. Uh, this past recruiting season and my virtual info sessions, I had about 160 students during my info session. So there was a huge uptick um, coming in to um, talk and learn about my brand through these virtual engagements. So uh, continue to do some of those virtual things as well as hopefully get back into in-person recruiting to be able to, you know, talk about our company, meet our people, learn about our culture, and get people excited to work for we are.
1: Yeah, so, well, congratulations on the number of participants. That is, right? um, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, we were blown away. And, and I it think was awesome. That, that's another, yeah, I'm sure, I mean, because that, you know, um, I can't do the math uh, that, that quickly, but that's a huge increase. Um, which I think we haven't talked a whole lot about, like, technology, um, but I think that that's, you know, one of the things, too, is, you know, you need to make sure that, when you're dealing with this kind of numbers. Um, and I would mm-hmm. even say if you're a smaller organization, um, some type of technology, um, like, you know, just like scheduling interviews using mm-hmm. uh, tech that's in your email so that people can just click on it to schedule interviews versus the back and forth. Um, you right. having some type of technology that uh, you, you can use to do these type of Um, events. And I guess, and there's a lot of free ones and everything out there. um, But I think, especially with Gen Z, um, because they've always had a smartphone, um, you know, making sure that we're moving away from, you know, some of those manual processes and um, making sure that you're using technology. So, Mm -hmm. um, Andrea, we only have a few minutes left. So um, if you could only give one piece of advice to an employer um, as it relates to college recruiting, what would it be? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and I think it kind of shines through this call is definitely communication. I mean, I really do believe that um, can get you in front of your competition to be able to win over the audience or your talent that you want to bring to your organization. Um, the more that you can get your brand in front of them, and not by you know annoying you know annoying emails, but making a meaningful impact emails. Setting up communication calls, you know, setting up with buddies and managers, just getting them to talk to their new hires or to some of these recruits can really help you stand out um, and get that talent into your organization. Yeah,
1: and I think that, you know, and it can be um, video, uh, an email with a video on it. Um, I mean, it doesn't necessarily always need to be text. Um, type rounds. Right. And I think, you know, there's a lot of examples out there of, you know, um, give them a story of purpose. Um, Cause we had talked yeah. about that. Like that's one of the things that's, um, you know, important to students, um, you know, stories about their professional growth, uh, you mm-hmm. know, and I think like you had said, you know, the one of the things that I had seen um, is, you know, they had um, a meet and greet session with like the executives and that was so Um, inspiring to the students that executives would take the time um, to talk to them. And I think from the flip side of it, the executives have a chance to actually learn from the students as well. Um, And, you know, and I know you had already said that, you know, and the great thing about virtual is, you know, it frees up time so that they you know, your executives can actually participate. Um, And so I think um, just some really great tips, Thank you, thank you, thank you, Andrea. Um, I wish we had more time. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so um, I loved having Andrea as our leading lady today. Um, I want to give a special thanks to all of our listeners, both in the U.S. and international. We will be back again for another Woman Lead Radio Show Monday at 9 Pacific and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific. Thanks, everyone, and have a great week. Thank you.